and welcome to another episode of Black Boy Joy. Um, it's myself, Kieran, and me, Ainsley. Uh, this is our second attempt at a um, quarantine setup, as it is. So I'm in Newcastle, and Ainsley's down in London. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, don't like... I don't think I've spoken to you like, properly, properly since uh, since we last recorded. We haven't, no. And I feel like a lot has changed since then. Like a lot, a lot has changed. <laughs> So when we last spoke, I think I was I was like going on and on about oh we need to lock down the country, we need to lock down the country. And then it happened on the Monday, didn't it, after the Saturday recorded. Yeah. Um, yeah. And since then, um, what's it been like for you socially? Have you just been in the house literally or that or the Pretty supermarket much, yeah. or yeah. I mean there've been no social there've been no socialising. I've been in the house for pretty I've been in the house the entire week. Uh, any socialising mm. that I've done has been like by a like um elect- like video chat like electronically like remotely uh-huh. i've only yeah i've only really seen my housemate for yeah for the entire time and nothing else uh, okay i think for me that first week uh my work didn't close so there's a bit of uproar because i was still asking us to come into the office and obviously a lot of people go into the office it's, it's quite a big building um but then after that first week, they came to their senses and, and said, oh, we're closing for three weeks. Um, so I've got, well, one week I've had off now and I've got two weeks left of not working. Um, I've kind of settled into it, to be fair. I'm actually enjoying the free time. Um, so you're not working at all? Um, no, they said they'd give us three weeks of, of pay. Um, and what they're trying to do is get everyone set up to work from home because they don't have enough equipment for everyone to be working away from the site. Right. Uh, I'm very skeptical that we would be off work long term and get full sick pay because um, mm-hmm. we're contractors. So I didn't even think we'd get any sick pay at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have to see what happens after this initial three weeks. Uh, mm-hmm. but I'm just keeping my eyes open and my ears peeled. Um, but yeah, I've actually done some exercise for a change. Oh, really? I say, I, I say some exercise. I went for a run on, was it Wednesday? And I met with two friends. However, it was, we did adhere to the um the social distancing yeah the lockdown guidelines exactly because i'm I'm along newcastle quayside other two friends live along the quayside as well um so three separate addresses but we just met at one like sort of mutually convenient point Mm -hmm. um kept our distance and we just went for a a shortish run um that was the first time i've been running in a a very long time so (laughs) (laughs) i call it a run but it was more like it was a very a very gentle jog with a lot of walking Dying about as well. Um, I've got my cheap exercise bike as well. But I think I paid it to about £100 on Amazon a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I've been meaning to put it together. I finally put it together now. Um, and I, th- I thought I th- on, on site, I thought it was actually quite flimsy, but it's actually uh, it's fairly sturdy. And it's got like 10 resistance levels. I put it on level two and I was struggling. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, just just, just to get get back in shape, really. Um, Surely, like yeah. those exercise bikes, like exercise equipment that you get for home, like mm-hmm. they're usually like there's there's a period of maybe like a month when you like use it all the time, and after that, it just, uh-huh. it's like a glorified clothes horse. Oh, absolutely, yeah. That's why um, <laughs> I was gonna get a proper like a proper um like air bike that they use for CrossFit and stuff. Mm-hmm. And my friend was proper like he just went in on me. He was just like, no, because he's like, you're gonna spend all that money 
you know, use it for a few weeks and it's going to sit there gathering dust for the rest of the time and you're yeah. wasting all that all that stuff. Yeah, it's true. Having, yeah, it is true. Having said that, I did a... <laughs> I've really... I've, I've wanted a rowing machine for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one that I want is, it's like super popular and it's in high, in, in high demand because you've probably seen like any, any kind of home gym equipment's in really high demand at the moment. Mm-hmm. So people are struggling to get their hands on stuff like where there's dumbbells, kettlebells, like resistance bands and stuff. Um, but this rowing machine I was after, the prices have shot up for like secondhand ones because so many people want one. Mm-hmm. So I took myself to Gumtree this, this week. I put on my Gumtree search alerts for the particular model I wanted. And um, this guy, well, I saw this guy posting an advert and he was sending it at a really good price. So I started speaking to him. And to cut a long story short, there were a lot of um, red flags where I thought, one, this is too good to be true. Secondly, um, why is he sending it so cheaply when other people have really hiked up the price on this particular model? But he seemed yeah. genuine. And to cut a long story short, he, he, he was a scammer. But right. we, didn't go th- we didn't go through like, the whole way with things. But there were, there were, there were two points where I was, actually gonna, I was prepared to send money across for, for it. Yeah. And it didn't, it didn't work out because he was sending me all sorts of weird information. I was thinking, I just want a full name, a sort of an account number and your address. Yeah. Like he was being evasive. He was saying, oh, he sent it to IBAN, you know, when you do international banking. You oh, the, yeah. No, the really no, no. long number. Yeah. He's saying yeah. IBAN. He's saying, oh, you know, if you put it in a normal account, uh, it's going to get swallowed up my, by my overdraft. So he sent it to my IBAN. It will go to a MasterCard and all this weird and wonderful shit. Then he's talking about PayPal. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of slept on it. And then... The following morning, I got an email from Gumtree and they were like, oh, um, we, we noticed you've recently contacted this person. Uh, please bear in mind they've been flagged up for um, suspicious activity. Yeah. I was like, oh, there we are. So it's a good job I didn't go through with anything. Yeah, so I yeah, yeah. had an egg on my face. But yeah, I think I was actually quite lucky because there were, there were two distinct points where I was ready to um, transfer some funds across and it didn't work. But yeah. yeah wow. So. No, definitely fortunate disaster averted because I was going on this, mm. I was like, you know what when I get my mind fixed on something especially get fixed on buying something because I'm such a spendthrift sometimes sense leaves your head um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I was just, I was just fortunate on this occasion because I could have been another statistic of someone getting scammed online but yeah for sure thankfully um, that didn't happen but <laughs> been, well there's been lots, uh, lots of stuff in the media now about like scams because obviously now the coronavirus stuff would come out mm-hmm people are like taking advantage of it to like scam old people and to give them money for testing and stuff. That's disgusting. Is this, yeah, it's despicable. It's, dis- it's despicable. I think some people are scamming because they just do it anyway and others, not to excuse what they're doing, but they might be in a desperate situation. So they're trying anything they can to get hands on some money. I'm obviously that doesn't excuse what they're doing because they are scumbags, yeah. but it's, um, it's a very interesting time. It is, yeah. Time. Um, on interesting, unprecedented times. It still feels very, I think, like I said last time, it feels like we're in a movie, and it still feels pretty surreal. Mm-hmm. When it got to the point, you know when I said I met the two friends for him to go for a run? Mm-hmm. And that was on our first social contact in probably about 10 days or something like that. And I was, I was looking forward to going for a run and seeing two other people that I know. Like, I was, like, <laughs> proper excited. <laughs> um, I don't think this lockdown, it's not going to hit me as hard because I'm a bit of a hermit anyway. So from Monday to Friday, 
apart from work. I mean, he's just at home anyway. Yeah. But um, I know it's going to be very taxing mentally on a lot of people. Just yeah. Being isolated from everyone. I mean, I'm feeling it sometimes. So I just there are, like I like my own company, but there are times I'm just. It's usually if it's if I've as I've seen patterns all over the place. If it's like three in the morning, I'm at home, and I'm thinking I could really like do with some socialising right now, like you not know, face to face or a drink or something, and just knowing that that isn't going to happen for quite some time. Yeah. It's, uh, can get to you a bit. I I'm like, I'm still in denial. I'm still thinking that like, in two weeks, <laughs> it'll be over. Nah, not two weeks. I, I predict, I see most of April is going to be, as it is now, if not, they might tighten up a few measures. They're still giving people some reasonable freedoms. Um, like, you can still do your one day, your one piece of exercise every day. You can, I think I was seeing on the news yesterday, some people were querying whether you could drive to do your exercise. So yeah. not immediately around your house, but go to a park or something. Um, and they said you can do like a short five minute drive to get somewhere if that was reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I, when I went for a jog, there are a lot of people around, but it was literally, it's, it's all joggers up. But people yeah. were sticking to the, the two meter rule for the most part. But I know Italy, I'm sure they had a similar, well, when they first started the lockdown, it was similar to ours. Mm-hmm. But then at one point, but then at a certain point, they said, okay, now no one can leave the house even to do exercise now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh. I assume you've seen the, um, you know, the death toll over the last mm-hmm. few days. Mm-hmm. He's gone up and up and up. Yeah. I haven't checked today's. Was, yesterday it was like 684, I think. It's like um, 100 today. Oh, wow. Oof. I think this is what I'm saying. Someone made a point on the news that it was a case of the people who have died, who are dying now, are people who would have been infected before the lockdown. Mm-hmm. It just it just goes to show how important it is the whole social distancing measures. Yeah, and, um, I don't know. I think I think we've all accepted it for a rough time. We've just got to do what we can to get through it, essentially, mm-hmm. and try and stay safe. Yeah. In well, like if that's the case, in two weeks' time. That means the death toll will start to slow down, start to reduce. Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. Um, we'll have to see. Spain, Italy, obviously, have been, it's been an absolute nightmare over there. Mm-hmm. Spain, every time I check, every time I see the um, breaking news, because basically I've got my TV just fixed on BBC 20, 24, um, the news, BBC News 24. So I'm going to put it on, you've also got the, the breaking news headlines on like a little um, marquee at the bottom of the screen. Yeah. And Spain is always over. It's always over eight hundred every single day. Sometimes over nine hundred every yeah. single day without fail. Yeah. Italy's. Ha- I think Italy has had its peak, mm-hmm. and it's come down a little bit. Like now, it's like seven hundred-ish every day. I'm seeing it, but mm-hmm. um, it's bonkers. Absolutely bonkers. It is. Yeah. Like the get. Yeah. The the rate in which pe- the rate in which people are dying like daily is just like it's mad. It really is. There's more of that to come. Um, in this uh, lockdown, well, now that I've got so much free time, I have watched a lot of TV, which I don't, well, I obviously watch TV, but not that much really on a, on a day-to-day basis, like when I'm yeah. working and stuff. Yeah. But um, I've seen quite a few things. And um, I think, I, I spoke to you about it, when was it? When I last saw you um, face-to-face, start of March for your birthday. Yeah. Um, Noughts and Crosses. Oh, yes, yes, yes. It's interesting because uh, I I read that 
I didn't read it as a kid. A lot of, I know a lot of people our generation read it like in school and stuff. I read it. I think it would have been about 2014 or something like that. It was. It wasn't. It was only a few years ago. Not, not too long ago. So I just would, um, had a passion and had a look through it. Um, and I liked it. I didn't love it. I, I thought it was interesting. I thought the concept was really was interesting. So it was. It was. In, it was nice to see it um, portrayed on the TV series. Yeah. BBC. They're doing it. So there's an episode per week on a Thursday, I believe. But mm-hmm. they. Interestingly, they put the whole thing online on iPlayer from the very beginning. Before, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it's called, but they've done it before where they've like, they've serialized it for like TV. But yeah. on iPlayer, they just put the whole thing there so you can just like watch all of it at once if you wanted to. Yeah. I didn't quite binge watch it. I uh, watched it in the space of probably a fortnight. Um, yeah. You've read the books, haven't you? I've read them, yeah. I've, that's one. Um, Noughts and Crosses is one book in a series. Mm. So, um, and I've read, I think I've read every book in the series. I'm not sure if, if she released another one. But like, it's, it's like a, tr- it's a trilogy, isn't it? I, I I've just so. read, I've just read the first one, Noughts and Crosses. Um, and it's interesting because I read it, what, like I said, it would have been about five-ish years ago. I couldn't remember it like, sort of too, in too much detail. Mm. So when I was watching the, when I was watching the, the TV show and I was seeing what people were saying on Twitter, I kept thinking, because there's been a, that, that gap in time, I couldn't yeah. really... Because when whenever I watched anything where I've read the book for it, you inevitably compare the book to the film or the TV show, whatever it is. Yeah. And I couldn't really get a sense of, oh, how faithful is it? But I saw people on Twitter saying it's kind of... It doesn't really follow the book, but a lot of like the feeling and the contents there, just not, yeah, not so, necessarily like the plots. Like, yeah, so what I, what I say is that like, the setting is the same. So, um, like where it's set, how it's set is the same as the book. It's the same as the book. So the world is the mm-hmm. same, but the story is just like is like different. It's like very different to the um, to the book. What did you make of it overall? Um, so first of all, I think we should give some like a spoiler alert to people who who want to watch it and haven't yet. Oh, to be fair, yeah. If you yeah, yeah if you um, we're gonna, uh, we're gonna be we're gonna be um spoiling the end of the plot for it. Yeah, so if you've got a spoiler alert, we need to, need to skip forward now. Um, yeah. We'll know what. <laughs> Shall we put, you know what, when, when we do the description, we should put like at what point we stop, start and stop speaking about Norts and Crosses. So, oh, so yeah, we can skip that particular that, yeah. second. Yeah, we'll do that afterwards, yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, um, Norts and Crosses. I liked, I liked the, um, I, liked, I did like the TV show. Um, kind of what you're saying, that like, because it was so long ago that I last said it. Um, so like of bits and like bits and pieces of the story I've forgotten. Mm-hmm. But I think the 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 best thing about Northern Crosses, the TV show, is obviously the concept is very strong. Um, mm. Kind of yeah, and I think like the um, the way that they've like done the sets and the makeup and um, costume and stuff, mm. and, like, where um, like they've kind of done that aspect of the screenplay and stuff. They've, like they've really thought about, or that really had that thought about, like what what the world would be if like it was colonized by like an African nation rather than a mm. one. Yeah, really interesting, and to see like even down to like architecture of the buildings that they that they that are featured in it and stuff mm. like that, it's just like really wild. It, it lets you like, kind of like get into it. I think my main criticism is some of the acting actually. Mm. I'm not convinced. Yeah, I'm really, really not convinced by. It was a bit patchy, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, 
Um, the girl who plays Sefi, uh, the main character, I'm just not convinced. I'm not convinced at all. Really? I thought she was one of the better ones, actually, across the cast. So. Yeah, like, um, uh, it's always an odd one, because I'm, I'm not an acting expert by any, in any way, shape, or form. But sometimes I have to think, is it the actors, or is it the lines that they've been given to say? Yeah. maybe a bit cheesy at parts or maybe but um yeah. i didn't she wasn't such an offender for me for me um oh, i really don't want to name names like in the, <laughs> <laughs> but the um the concept is interesting but sometimes it doesn't translate well to the screen like the concept sometimes does seem a bit cheesy i guess what do you mean like, um, what, how do you mean just be, i think it's interesting because the way it's portrayed, if you try to think of like a parallel wall, an accurate like uh, reversal of it would be, it would be, you'd be talking about 1950s or 1960s America, for yeah, example. Yeah, America, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it doesn't, so even though it's set in Britain, it's not quite, we've not had quite the same, like if you, if you, if you flip it around, we've, not, we've yeah. not really had quite the same experience. There are some parallels, obviously, some similarities. I don't think for that, I don't think it's necessarily meant to be just like just the way it is in Britain, just flipped on its head. Because in the book, like in the books, um, it is more like supremacy, like colonialism. Like they called um, Christmas Crossmas. Crossmas. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> you know? So um, I, quite, I quite like. I know it's really really bad, but the um. The racial slurs that they've created, I think, are quite funny. Like a blanket or a dagger. Kind <laughs> of funny. Too far too, because like in my head, because they don't, they don't, well, they don't, they don't actually exist, do they? It's, it's sort of created for that universe. Whether yeah. they're possibly representative of somebody in our world or not, I don't know. But um, they just make like a blanket or a dagger. Just it, it just makes me laugh when I hear those uh, terms. I can't <laughs> I can't say <laughs> the same way, to be honest with you. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, well, to go back to the point about, like, of, like, the world, so, like, that bit, I guess, is more faithful to the book. And then, mm-hmm. like, it's, not, it's not just the society that, like, one race is dominant over another. It's the one that one is, like, actually oppressing another, like, actively oppressing mm. another. Yeah, and that does happen. That does happen in the book. So it is like fully dystopian, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Um, I think I, I would agree with you that the hair, the makeup, the costumes, the sets were all very good. Mm. I think I enjoyed. If I had to split it in half, I enjoyed like the first half of this the series more than the second half. Yeah. Um, like I think my favorite episode would have been. I don't know if it was two or three, but do you know when Callum and Sefi first go on a proper date? Yeah. And they go to some like some bar that caters to interracial relationships. Yeah. I thought that was I thought that was really interesting. Um mm. that they're, they're like clandestine meeting. And it's like some secret under, underground society where, you know, people who, you know, cross the line to the yeah. other side. It's like, um, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um yeah. that was interesting. Not um I, that actually brings up um, brings up another point that um, obviously you know my cousins. Yeah. 
we were talking about um, interracial relationships. And mm-hmm. um, you know the rapper Dave? Have you seen- I've seen a glimpse on Twitter today. I didn't yeah. go into, but I had a quick look. Well, what's happening? Well, basically, um, Dave put on a huge um, Insta story, or like on Instagram, saying like, happy birthday to a light-skinned woman. I think she's mm-hmm. been racialized as white, but I don't actually know if she's white or not. But she's mm-hmm. like anyway. Yeah. And then there's, so now there's been like this, this big uproar about like Dave dating outside his race. Excuse me. If you contrast it with his Brit Awards yeah, exactly. uh, performance. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. quite like pro-black, you would say. So like he speaks on black issues. He's very mm-hmm. open with, um, with things that affect black people. So, um, so I think it, it goes on like the old argument with like yeah, is pro black that um, that some people have an issue with them dating outside their race. Yeah, I've touched on this in the, in if or I think with you and other groups of people as well. Um, it's always an interesting topic to get into. <laughs> 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 so it's always it's always framed as a question as oh, if you're pro black, can you? Sorry, can you be considered pro-black if you date outside the race? Yeah. I would have to say my answer is no. Really? I think... You don't think that? But, but you know what it is, though? And, and someone's... I literally, a few hours ago, when I, was, I had a quick skim through Twitter when, when this was breaking. I had a very quick skim. And I think when you think of pro-black, it's quite... I don't want to say extreme. Extreme's not the right word, but it's a very strong position. So you can still be supportive of your people and for your people. But I think pro-black is very much, in my head, the stance is you're all for a black family, black-owned businesses, strong black community, like, you know, strong economic ties with other black people, keeping yeah. right, keeping everything. You know, a lot of times the stereotypes that Jewish people, when they spend money, that it will go, it will pass around in the community about six times before it leaves their community. I yeah. kind of think in, in a parallel to that, yeah. When it's like every aspect of your life is about the advancement of black people, whether it's mm-hmm. economically or socially. Mm-hmm. So in my head, that's what pro-black means for me. So I would say if you are pro-black and you marry someone who isn't, I do, I do think that maybe is questionable and it maybe might be contradictory to these beliefs. But that's the thing, like you can still be for black people and marry outside. Definitely, but pro-black for me is very, it's a very particular and a very strong standpoint. And I think optics matter and it just, it seems like a a clash to me. It doesn't quite, it doesn't really fit in. I can tell you, I can see your face expression right now. I can tell you definitely. (laughs) But But I've I've given this some thought like over the years. I just completely Take it away. I completely disagree with you. I mean. Uh So, for one, like, so for, so for for one thing, I do agree that, like, to be pro-black, you're, like, obviously, like, you want to see the advancement of black people. I agree mm-hmm. with that. And I agree that, like, obviously, you want to see black families thriving, you want to see black businesses thriving, you want to see that, like, people in our community are doing well, are nurtured, are everything that they need. But, like, as, as, as like, one, one particular person, individual, Mm-hmm. They could like they themselves could like they fall in love with or someone they fall in love with. So for me, for instance, I would fall in love with a black man, 
all a white man and I still find myself pro-black because my, my feelings haven't changed. If that, makes, if that makes any sense. Like, my feelings about, like, oh, it's about our culture or anything hasn't changed. Just that, like, I've chosen to love this person. And, like, mm-hmm. everything that happened in our community still affects me. So, like, why can't, yeah. why, why can't I be pro-black just because of the person that I've chosen to give my love to? But it's a big, big label, that's the thing. So you describe the situation that you can still be for your people. Obviously, you can still love your people, be for your people, see your people want to do well. But the whole pro-black label, it's, you know, it's a very, I don't want to say totalitarian, but it's a very, it's a strong, strong position to have. And if you, you know, if you follow those beliefs, and surely you, you can only envisage yourself with another black person, surely. I just don't, I just, I, I consider, well, would you consider yourself pro-black? I think I flirt on the boundary. I can't say, I think it's, if you are pro-black, you don't question whether you're pro-black, you just know you are. Do you know what I mean? Like, and for me, um, I, I think I couldn't, I couldn't say, I, I think, I mean, what I'm trying to, what I keep repeating is that I think pro-black is a very specific position where yeah. it's very, it's like an all or nothing kind of mentality. And I don't, I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily at all, but, I think that I would, I, think I would like I would like to be pro black. I can't. I don't think I can say I am essentially because if I was pro black, I would only consider dating other black people, which is what I don't, I don't do. Think, I just don't. I just don't see that. I don't see you be like someone. Cause I would. I would consider myself pro black, but like I just don't. I just don't see it as like it just being this hard and fast like one line that like nobody can go across, nobody can cross, nobody can like do anything. Um, do anything about it. Mm-hmm. I just think. Like, well, that's- Mm. It's just very, I think that kind of thinking is just very, very reductive. But no, this is the thing. Like, I, I feel like it's like <laughs> it's. I still, it's. There's not. There's not a defined definition of it. Essentially, mm. my interpretation is it's a very. I don't, and again, militant's not the strong word. Not, not militant isn't the right word to use, but it's just a very strong position. Right, you, unequivocally, like. So when you think of when you think of a certain culture or certain race, a massive part of that is going to be the family unit. Mm-hmm. So if you were truly, truly pro-black, surely you'd want a black partner, and surely you would you'd want black children. Surely, but like I, think... I think I have pro, I have pro-black ideas, but I don't think I can call myself like properly pro-black. But for me, like the way that I see it use myself as an example is that like I would like it'd be great if I had like a black partner it'd be great if like uh-huh. we um we got to the stage where like we would um maybe I'm not sure to get married necessarily but maybe get married maybe want to like start like building a family or whatever mm-hmm. that would be great but then like I don't like I'm not gonna deny myself from making connections with other people outside of my race just, like, mm-hmm. just because of that, I, I just don't think that's, I don't think that's, that's helping anyone. I don't think, um, yeah, I don't think that's helping anyone at all. I think, I think there's nothing wrong with thinking that at all. But then, but then, but you on, the can't, on the can't take the pro black label, like. And <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't see that. So like, that could be just, yeah. If someone is like interracial, then, mm-hmm. so. Ten- but, Oh, no, sorry, sorry carry on. Racial, mixed race or yeah. biracial in America. Mm-hmm. Like, are they, like, 
can they, can they be pro black? That's an interesting question. Surely it links with how they identify. Because mm-hmm. this thing, I'm not mixed race, so I can't speak on behalf of mixed race people. Obviously, all mixed race people are going to have different opinions to each other as well. Mm-hmm. But you'll get some mixed race people. The way of, well, in my personal experience, that they'll either identify as mixed race or they would say they are just black. For example, I don't. I don't think you get many mixed race people that say they're white. So I don't think that's a thing at all. Um, I could be wrong, but I don't think it's a thing at all. But um, if you have a mixed race person who is, you know, essentially who identifies as black, then mm. I don't see why they can't be pro-black. Essentially, yeah. But then they're definitely, like, they're definitely about, like definitely. Yeah. If they say that, if you know, a mixed race person wouldn't call themselves mixed race, they'd say I am black, like you know, um, like kind of like the one drop rule kind of thinking. But that's what I always say mixed race people, it's, it's down to that person to, to see how they identify. They might want to be known as mixed race. They might want to be known as, as black. That's their business and their choice to make. Right. So I think you can be mixed race and black, I would say. Yeah. Sorry, mixed race and pro-black. Yeah. It's just, yeah, well, I, that, <laughs> I, well, like I said, I consider myself pro-black. And I, mm-hmm. um, I've dated outside of my race. So... I think what it comes down to, like, as I said before, is that there's not a hard and fast definition of pro-black. It's, it's a question of interpretation. Yeah. Although in my head, the most logical interpretation is that it means exactly what it says in the tin. And whereas if, it's, if you're pro-black, it's, it's across the board, black, black, blackly black. Like, <laughs> <laughs> in love life, in your business endeavours, in, I don't know, in just like your community work, it's just a black. But I think it's um, it gets tricky when people think, oh, you know, you're it's they might think about it's racist thinking that is kind of behind all of that. Mm-hmm. But then I've seen I've seen others make the point that you'll get plenty of white people who are pro-white. It's, it's not it's not quite the same thing because of because uh, of historical and social baggage. But and that- I think an example I would use, and I saw today again, someone I've always thought myself I saw someone say on Twitter again today when they were talking about the day thing, is that if you take, for example, if you take the Chinese community in a plethora of cities and, country, and, and countries who you know, marry Chinese, have Chinese family-run businesses and whatnot, and no one bats an eyelid, so why can't we do the same? Yeah. Well, oh, I can't remember what point. I was going to make, I was to make a point, and it's just like, I feel like I've lost it. <laughs> uh, it, will, it will come back. But it's um, it's a kind of, it's a kind of message. It comes up every once in a while, um, mm. but I think, as I said, overriding feelings that pro black is a very specific and a very strong viewpoint. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I'm still, I still, I am on the cusp of pro black, but not quite there. I'm the cusp of pro black, you know. I am because, because in my head, like I'm think if I do have a family and if I do settle down it would I don't I I, I can't say whether I'm gonna what you know what race my partner would be. It depends on who I fall in love with. But at the same time in my head I feel like I have a sense of duty to, to marry or to get a partner with another black man and have a black family if I do end up having children. Yeah. I just yeah. It's interesting. But it's um 
it's a kind of subject it will never go away but i love talking about it and i love talking about it like <laughs> well the reason why i brought it up not even we wouldn't even talk about like whether we've like whether we um, what we think of Paul black or not um i'll talk to you like you know my cousins about it yeah and they were saying that like um basically um oh because i think I think the criticism against Dave is basically unfounded or like it's, um, it's not a fair criticism to me. Mm-hmm. But they think that like men, that the straight, basically like black straight men get more criticism for it than the other way around. And they're like, kind of like, kind of like, it's, it may, they make it sound like they're being like fucking like browbeaten or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was pushing back on that rhetoric. Mm-hmm. Because, like, um, so they were saying that, like, whenever they see, like, the other way around, so into, like, a black woman who's in a relationship with a white man. Yeah. Or when they see, um, like, um, like, gay people in, like, interracial relationships, then there's, mm-hmm. nothing, then there's, um, there's nothing to say that's always praised, but with uh, black men, it's always demonised. And I just don't think that's the case. Yeah, it's hard to say if... It's hard to make these general points, isn't it? I always think, in my personal experience, from being in Birmingham and going to London here and there, obviously it's not, it's not so much addition to Newcastle. You do see it a little bit. But like, I think in my head, when I see, if I think of a black person interracial relationship, today your cousins would say that men get more flat. In my head, when I think of a black person in, in, in an interracial relationship, most of the time it's a black man with a, with a non-black partner. Mm-hmm. You obviously get black women with non-black partners, but... In my day-to-day life, I see that less than than with, with black men with a non mm-hmm. a non-black partner. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been interesting if someone's any statistics on it. I know, and um, one of your cousins when we discussed this quite a while ago, he sent me a study that, that about marriages in um, America. Yeah, and I think it was showing like you know that the majority of marriages of black marriages were were intra-racial. Mm-hmm. So black people marrying other black people. So that he said that proved his point. I was saying, I said, I, I'm my. My, my response was, yeah. my response was, first of all, that's in America. And second of all, that's about marriage. It's not just relations. That's about people that tied the knot, essentially. Yeah. He actually tried to use the, tried to say, use the same statistic with me today. Uh-huh. My point was that, um, that like, yeah, fine, like, there are more, there are more intra-racial marriages than inter-racial marriages. But that's not, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about... Um, what race? What race are they? Like, or is it more black men who are dating outside their race, or married outside their race, or black women? Mm. And, that, that, and like that, that study didn't cover that. Like, it'd be hard to do a study as well at the moment because you can you can look at marriages, but I uh, I can I don't have a I don't have a good reference point for statistics. But when you think of how many couples are together but not married, I'm sure there must be there must be more non-married couples than married couples, surely. Right. I'd imagine so. But, yeah. but I don't have the statistics like to fully back it up. Yeah. Well, it's a tough one. Yeah, especially but, when, um, when they were like talking about I did I genuinely I think like interracial dating in like the straight community is different to like the LGBT community. And, oh like, definitely. If you think of it with us, like with gay men, any relation like I'd say it's much more likely to see like a black man in a relationship with a white man. Oh, absolutely! Like for me to see a black couple in the gay community, it's like uh, it's, like, it's like a unicorn. Yeah, literally. Is, like, I never see it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can think of everything of the UK. I can think of one. I can think about two couples on Instagram that I've seen off the top of my head in the UK. 
obviously there are more out there. Yeah. Uh, I can think of two off the top of my head, but usually it's um with someone else. And I think I've never been in a couple per se, I've never been in a proper relationship. But then when I think of like the men I've been with, the majority have probably been non black, essentially. Mm-hmm. But then I'm someone who sees myself as if I wasn't sat down with a long term partner. I think oh my God. I don't know, you can't limit yourself, but I feel like there's a sense of duty to be with a black person because of a lot of my other views. That's the thing, exactly, it's like it is a sense of duty, which I know is a very old school kind of way of thinking. Well, yeah. I, don't, I don't know, it's a. I feel like every other race does it, surely. Like, if you look at South Asians as well, yeah. how many South Asians marry outside of their race? Like, not many. It must be a very small number. Very small yeah. number. They don't marry across, even like if it's about caste or religion or yeah. country. Usually, most will marry within like their own group, as it were. Mm-hmm. And no one bats nine. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I just like, I don't know. It's just one of those things, man. Like, we've all, like, well, I guess, like, back into it, like, with our community, because like, you just don't, you just don't really see it. But I remember, I remember uh-huh. that like, there's been like so many, um, well, there's been like a few, like quite a few uh, media outlets that have portrayed like a, um, a gay relationship or even mm-hmm. like an uh, interracial gay relationship. But like I've only seen polls that actually have like two black men together. Mm. Oh, like in media? Oh, that is That's a good media. point. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, I think that is reflect, like, it's, like reflective of our community as a, as a whole. So, we all uh-huh. think like it's a bit like a bit like flipped on its head, kind of. Mm-hmm. But I, I think if I heard, like I know I've heard of so many like black men who specifically say they are not into other black men. Mm-hmm. So almost as if like if you like choose to in argument anyway, if you choose to like like I'm gonna try and date people of my own way, that's almost more of a to be subject than actually kind of dating outside your race. Essentially, yeah, because I, I I love the optics of a strong black gay couple. Yeah. <laughs> I, I absolutely love the optics of it. For me, that's that's goals, like, times 100. Absolute goals. But I think as well, like, when you think of, like, the population, well, I don't, again, this is, this, this is probably, these are probably areas that we need to get some proper statistics for. But... When you think of the, you know, let's talk about gay males. Think of the gay male population and how many are like out, like out and proud, not in the closet. Mm-hmm. How many of those are going to be black to compare to how many are going to be not black? Yeah. It's going to be a very, very small number. Because yeah. like, even if there are black gays, like obviously, because of things we've discussed in the past, because I think that everybody knows that go on, like, you know, it's like sort of opinions of society. They're not necessarily going to be out there and proud. They might be in the closet, they might be like down low. Mm-hmm. Um, but you think of people that are out re- willing to date, black men, black gay men are going to be a very small number of that. Mm-hmm. If I limited, my, if I just said I'm only going to date other black gay men, I think, because I think I feel like the dating pool is small enough anyway for, if you're gay, especially yeah. in this part of the country. Yeah. If I just said to myself, I'm only going to date, date black gay men, yeah. I'd have about, well, in a, in, in a hundred kilometer radius, according to Grindr, I'd have about, Less than ten options, essentially. Like, <laughs> yeah. I also think that, like, I genuinely think that like, in our community there is like a standard, basically, and that standard is like based like a tall, muscular white man. Yeah, 
with good hair and a good body. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah. Um, oh. I, I don't know. I feel like I don't, if I lived in America and I'm not going to act like the grass is 100% greener on the other side, but when I look at places, cities in America like New York, LA, San Francisco, Atlanta, Chicago, I think they've just got, they've just such, got such a bigger dating pool over there. I'm like black gay men, they're out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Compared to over here. Like I said, I'll show you, next time you come and visit me in Newcastle, I'll put on my grinder filter and I'll put on the race filter. Mm-hmm. And if I just put black people, black men, there's about, literally there's less than 10 that are actually in any kind of reachable distance. Yeah. In the South, well, if you got sort of in the middle of the country and then further South, it's very different. But like up this end of the country, there's just not many about at all. Yeah. I can't use grind. Obviously, I can't say that everyone's gay is going to be on grind necessarily. But yeah. we know that it's an app that a lot of gay people use. Yeah. It's definitely like a, good, like a good way to gauge kind of mm. like what the landscape is like for sure. Definitely. And I'm picky already as it is. Like, <laughs> I basically need to move to America if I want to fulfill this uh, this pro black dream. <laughs> <laughs> Someone get me a green card, man. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's um, it's God. It's just like so layered. This whole thing. It's an evergreen conversation. That's what I love about this topic. It's it's not going to go away. It's always relevant. Always relevant. Yeah, uh, and it's just interesting for people to talk about it. The one thing I would say though is that I've, I've probably moaned about this on Twitter before, but Black Twitter, and I will happily call it Black Twitter because it's called Black Twitter in my head. But a lot of time we discuss things that are very specific to our community, just loud and proud on Twitter, which is there's some conversations that I think should just happen within a community, mm-hmm. but I sometimes feel like we're a bit too quick to be throwing this stuff on Twitter, realising that a lot of other people can see this. Right, yeah. And some things I think are best kept under wraps, behind closed doors, just between us. You think so? And I feel, I feel I make no apology for thinking that. I've always thought that. Some things just should be discussed. I'm sure everybody else does it, though. Why do we always air out our laundry and our business online just for everyone to see? And, and, like, and also, we're very entertaining people. So it's like, I feel like we're, we're giving a lot. We're not getting much back in return when we want to put these well, things loud not, and proud on, 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 on social media. I agree, I, agree with, I agree with that, with that aspect of it, like kind of, you know, like, um, black people coming up with like, definitely like entertaining, entertaining stuff or creating, mean creating content or whatever that, you, that I don't think a lot of them get their due for. I agree with that. I just don't mm-hmm. think that there's like, I don't think there's another way to do it. Like, I, I think, I'm not too, I mean, with the whole meme stuff and like you know the slang and that that doesn't normally surprise me. You see that appropriate, but I feel like it's unavoidable in the social media age. But then when I, what I mean is that when we're talking about very specific issues to our community, mm-hmm. some things should just be kept within our community because it's like it's like talking about your business. It's like that person that comes to the bus and talks about their business on on their phone at the top of the voice. And again, yeah, this concept you should just keep to yourself, kind of thing. Yeah. But it's, uh, I don't know. I don't know, yeah, I'm not sure about that one. I don't know, I don't know, I ain't so. Oh, God. So, I believe you wanted to talk about... um, Oh, yes, yes. Yes. I completely forgot. Um, So, one of my friends, um, a regular listener of the podcast... Um, <laughs> he requested 
No, it's fine. Carry on. I'm listening. Um, yeah, she requested that we speak on this uh, RuPaul's Drag Race drama. And I know that you don't really watch Drag Race too tough like that, Kieran. Mm-hmm. I don't dislike it at all. I think I just haven't gotten into it yet, but there's room for that in the future. Yeah. So um, I guess to give some more context, um, basically season 12 has started now, season 12 of Drag Race. And um, they're about a couple of weeks into it. They've filmed the whole show already. So mm-hmm. I think they filmed the whole show apart from the finale, which they, um, which they take later on in the year. Mm-hmm. And when they were broadcasting the show, they announced like, which queens would be competing. Um, one of them, um, Sherry Pye, her, um, her state, her drag name is, is that Joey Guglier, Guglieri, something like that? I couldn't, I can't pronounce her name, but yeah. 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 Um, some very unsavory things started coming out about him. Mm-hmm. Like, really, like, predatory, kind of, like, catfishy things. So, I've, um, I showed you the, um, the BuzzFeed article about it. Just yeah. To, like, just to get you up to speed on it, basically. So, from what I understand, he was pretending to be different things like casting like a casting director or working for a theatre or something mm-hmm. and he's doing it to get images from dudes and stuff he's pretending yeah. he's basically pretending to be like some kind of hire or HR scout or something like a casting director I think yeah in the business yeah I had a look at that BuzzFeed article that you sent me um, because one one guy in there said that he was persuaded to send a picture of himself masturbating to the to the, um, to the yeah. Sherry Pie dude. Yeah. Other persons that like they had to like send topless pics and whatnot. Yeah. And, and as I stand, as I understand, he's been uh, removed from the show, or disqualified or something. So they can't remove him from the show because he he's already been filmed and he's already in yeah. it. So what they said, uh-huh. yeah, they said they've disqualified him from the show. So the way the RuPaul's Drag Race works, obviously they have all. Queens, they get eliminated mm-hmm. week by week. Yeah. The, the final four, they get through to like a, like a knockout round, kind of like a finale. Mm-hmm. So if it, if this all has um if this all has been filmed and she's getting disqualified, that must mean that like she gets the implies that she gets far in the competition. Get quite far in it, yeah. Yeah. So what I think what they mean by disqualifying her is that they just mean that like she can't like. She can't win anymore, like she can't compete any further than she already mm. has. But on the show, um, yeah, on the show, they can't like they can't stop, like, yeah, they can't stop what they've already filmed. So, what they've done instead is like, um, at the beginning of like the last two episodes, they've had like a quick clip saying that, like, oh, um, Chevy Pye has now been disqualified from the competition. Uh-huh. And in one of the um episodes, she like won that week, she won the challenge that like, that week. And got a mm. cash prize of five thousand dollars, which has now been um, which has now been donated to like a charity, basically. <laughs> Sherry Pie. And well, it was interesting because when I was reading the article that you sent to me, I kept thinking, is this catfishing? Because it sounds a bit more severe than catfishing. When yeah. someone says catfishing to me, I think dating app or social media. Yeah. Pretending to be someone you're not, and and the most you ask of a nude or something, but. If she's pretending, I, I don't know, do we shield he here? I, I really don't know for drag queens, like what pronoun was associated with drag queens. But I think we can use he. I think you can, well, we pause I'll just say Sherry Pie. Yeah. Like, 
So they, um, so from what I understand, they were pretending to be, they were, rep- they were pretending to represent quite some big theatre houses, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and asking for mit- casting material and stuff like that, whatnot. So from my, in my head, that's, I'm sure that is fraud, surely. Yeah. It's a bit more than just like your sort of, your run-of-the-mill catfishing. That's yeah. deeply like, like deceptive and mis- like, you know, misrepresentation as well. Mm-hmm. I don't see how, um, I was thinking like, surely they could catch a case doing this because it's, yeah. it's more than just catfishing as far as I can yeah. see it. Yeah. It's just fucking very predatory behaviour, man. It is. It's just, um, and they were targeting people they knew, weren't they? Like from school, from high school. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that one actually. I'm not sure if he knew them beforehand. I just think uh-huh. like, from the way it sounded, as if he just basically just wanted to prey on, like, prey on young young actors. Mm-hmm. So get like you get them send like images of himself and stuff. What I'd be interested to know is how they found out that it was Sherry Pie in the end. Did he reveal himself eventually? One of them, um, so I think he said that um, he is obviously represented by like a theatre house and one uh-huh. of them checked that theatre company and they confirmed that they have no affiliation with them. So that kind of that got unraveled from there. Nah, it's genuinely despicable. It it's awful, isn't it, man? That's, that, that's, for me, that's more than catfishing, that is. That is fraud. Like, and yeah. Yeah. I, would, I would be pressing charges if I was one of those men that was targeted, like, without yeah. an ass. Like. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how like this law thing works, but I'd be the same. I'd, yeah, I'd... I don't think it, I think press charges. It's not a UK thing, is it? It's an like American thing, isn't it? When you talk about pressing charges, mm. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, but no, oh, it's just more research. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, it does seem as if like what we've watched so far, it does seem as if like Sherry Pie is going down quite well. So if this had mm-hmm. if hadn't have happened. Um, she probably would have like if you wouldn't have won she would have come close to winning it's how it works so isn't it like you know the most talented people are often the most like awful people as well mm. yeah so it's an interesting uh, like phenomenon we get a lot of the time <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, have you ever been catfished before not uh, that I know of um, I, I've been um I've had someone pretending to be me on Grinder. Really? It was very. I've never told this before. Uh, let me I think. So, yeah. So let me think. Let me think. So do you remember I moved to France for seven months, and that was in 2014. Sort of yeah. Awesome 2014. I went to after France for seven months. Yeah. So in like, let's call it the, the month before I moved away, I've been talking to some dude on, online. From uh, what he was a black guy, um, and he had. We'd exchange pictures. Nothing too. I don't think I'd, I'd, don't, I'd not send him any news or anything. I just sent him like a few face pictures, mm-hmm. and he sent me a face picture. Whether it was actually a, a, a genuine face picture of him or not, I'm, I'm not going to know. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, to this day, I don't know. But about a week or so after we were talking, someone was speaking to me, saying, "Oh, how how are you doing?" And they were speaking in such a way that it sounded as if we'd spoken previously. Yeah, and I was convinced. I was like, well, "We haven't spoken before." Like, and you're saying yeah. things that didn't match up. Yeah, and he was, and then he told me that someone had sent him a certain picture. He sent this, and as a, he sent me a face picture of me, and I'd only sent this particular face picture to the dude I didn't speak to before. 
Yeah. I was like, okay, well, someone's he's, he's being sent him a face picture around that dude has pretending to be me or something. So I confronted yeah. him. I still had him like a message history like a week before. Yeah. So when I confronted him, like, I just said, you know, can you not use my face picture, please? Like, and he just yeah. blocked me immediately. Immediately yeah. blocked me. I didn't think anything of it. So Arthur went to France for seven months. And I came back to Birmingham. And probably over the course of six weeks, like here and there, it was, I'm not going to say it was constant, but it happened. If you take the six weeks into account, it happened a great number of times. Yeah. People saying hello to me, saying, how have you been? And I'd be, I'd be thinking, I've never spoken to you before. One person said to me, oh, how are you doing? Is your dad feeling better? <laughs> that was a reverse. Is your dad feeling better? I'm thinking, I do not speak about any of my family on, on fucking grinder. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so bit by bit, it's the, the same dude, I, I assume the same dude, he's just been using my picture all this time. He was sending my face picture with his, either his or someone else's news, essentially. Mm-hmm. And he looks like he'd been doing it for quite a, a long period of time. Yeah. And it was, it was it, so first of all, you feel violated. Secondly, you can't do anything about it. You're, it's like you're helpless. Yeah. And I don't know what he's been saying to different dudes. He might be saying this, that, or anything. Um, mm-hmm. But just using my face, yeah, and it's it's one of the most infuriating experiences I've ever been through, and you can't do anything about it mm-hmm. because I think I've I'd asked someone to report them to Grinder before, but if you report someone to Grinder and their account gets banned, they can just set up a new email and set up a new account. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the way that the app is set up. Yeah, so it kind of it fizzled out. Yeah. I left Birmingham in twenty in twenty seventeen. So I moved so I moved so I moved from France back to Birmingham in twenty fifteen and I left Birmingham in twenty seventeen. And in those two years, for the most part, after that initial period, I didn't really get much um didn't get many messages from people saying that they'd spoken to me before. Mm-hmm. But I still think now, like, you know, it could be happening while I'm not there, essentially. Yeah. And it just it just bothers me. I spoke to a dude this week who's been for the same thing. Yeah, um, this guy, this guy, he's a photographer in Newcastle. I've spoken to him a few times in the past, um, and the first time I spoke to him was on Grinder, or I thought it was him, but it was somebody else. I spoke on Grinder, and then when I, when I found him on Instagram, I started speaking to him. He was like, oh, "We've not spoken before." And I was like, "Okay, it's a catfish then." Yeah, and he he made some big posts this week on his Instagram saying that he's sick of being catfished. Um, so he's he's um he's made all of his accounts private, and he's removed a lot of content from his accounts as well, so people can't take his pictures and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just a shame that you can't pinpoint these people down. It really, really annoys me when people do it. Yeah, and like uh, one thing I always hate is that like there's no like there's no justice. Like nothing's gonna happen. Like yeah, like they're gonna do this. They're gonna pretend to be someone else. Like possibly mm. present, to present you to somebody else, then nothing's gonna happen to them. What exactly? The only thing I can think of is some kind of sting operation where you you pretend to be someone. And you agree to meet up with them in person, but at the same time, a catfish if you're using someone else's face pictures. I would imagine you're not going to have any intention of meeting anyone in person yeah. because they're going to see that you're not. You're you not don't look like your pictures. Why do it then? I don't. That's what I don't get. Like, why do it then? I feel like all these apps like Grinder, Tinder, and stuff—they should have like a verification process. Mm-hmm. Where you have to send like, um, you know, they might you might have to send a picture of yourself doing a gesture or something. Yeah. To prove to prove it's you. Yeah, I think I, I feel I think that'd be a really good move for a lot of dating apps to do that, where you can actually genuinely prove it is you in the pictures. You, I'm sure you do it for um when I set up a Monzo account, you know the Monzo, Monzo Bank account. I'm sure yeah. I had to do. I'm not sure it was a, a gesture, but I had to send like a live picture on the spot, something like that. 
I think it's just irritating. Um, I think Tinder are trying to do something like that. To be fair, you know there are certain people that you like flick through, and they have like the tick next to their name. Oh yeah, I see a few people with that. That's if you, if they're verified or not. Do you know how they do the verification process? I have no idea. I have no idea. I used to use, um, I don't know if you ever used Badoo, B-A-D-O-O. Mm-hmm. I used that a few years ago. But to be verified, all you have to do was provide a few forms of like social media. So you'd, excuse me, you'd like, you'd, you'd, uh, you'd link your Facebook account, you'd, your Twitter account, and your Instagram. And if, if you mm-hmm. do three forms of like your verification, you'd get verified. But so it, it was, it was, it was, it was a step in the right direction, definitely. Mm-hmm. But it's still not foolproof. Yeah. No, yeah, it's um, just very frustrating. I'm actually very thankful that like nothing like that has happened to me. Whereas I've got people asking me these questions, man. Mm. What well, I, I did for the carry on. I was gonna say the worst thing that ever ha- that ever happens to me is that like people talk to me. Like mistaking me for somebody else, basically. <laughs> that happened. Oh yeah. Oh, That's... I've had that up here as well. Yeah, a few people times. People think we people think we met up or something. I'm thinking, nah. I'll, I'll, I'll just you just say, oh, that was probably some other bad guy. Like no, that. That's <laughs> what I say. Yeah. Or I say, <laughs> I say to them, oh, I'll clearly have trouble telling two black men apart. And... <laughs> <laughs> Zing. <laughs> <laughs> and that ends the conversation very quickly. <laughs> yeah. It is wild, man, that people have claimed to have sex with these people and they don't know who they are. They're not, they're not, they're not, they can't recognise their face. No, that is bonkers as well, because I, I, I can think of one person particularly who was like that. And mm. I was thinking, like, you know, with, uh, I don't know. It gets, it, again, like, you know, that's why I think pro-black, just, just date other black men. Save some of the grief. Fucking hell. Just make your life easier. Like, just... <laughs> Okay, so it's spotlight time. I think it's actually the first time I'm doing the spotlight thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas Ainsley has been picking up the legwork previously. So, I have a company here that I've been following for quite a while on Instagram. And they're called Travel Noir. Mm-hmm. So Travel, then Noir, N-O-I-R, and then E. It's got it with an E on the end. And they are a digital media company. And as you can probably guess by the name Travel Noir, it's aimed at, um, at our generation, at, at millennials, and it's aimed at people of colour. Mm-hmm. And essentially, they... It's, it's not quite a blog, but it's like a, a travel website and it features people going around all like all, across all the world, like people of colour, mainly black people, people of colour, mm-hmm. um, and it's giving their perspectives on, on different parts of the world. Okay. So I found it interesting because um, as a black person and as black people, mm-hmm. we will consider, like if, if we're thinking of where to travel to, like yeah. for me personally, you know, the, one of the first questions I'm going to ask is like, are there many black people there? Am I going to re- am I going to be received well if I do travel to this place? Yeah. <laughs> Which is why, as of as of as of now, I've not been to Eastern Europe. Um, I can maybe go over there, but it's just somewhere I haven't considered. But that's why this this um this company is good because it shows different perspectives of people that have gone to certain places that you might have reservations about, or that you just might be interested in going to. Mm-hmm. Um, I follow them on Instagram. What's good on Instagram is obviously the comment section. So people will talk about, you'll get, they'll put a post on a certain place mm-hmm. and you'll get people chipping in the comments saying that they've been there, how they found their experience as a person of colour, essentially. Yeah. So it's Travel Noir, so Travel and N-O-I-R-E. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have the same handle on Instagram, yeah. uh, on Facebook and on Twitter. 
and it's just www.travelnoir.com essentially okay um yeah they're um obviously right now travel is not something that's high on our list given the yeah. fact we're all under lockdown yeah but it'd be a good idea to have a scout through their posts before we're eventually released again because i know i don't know about you but i know as soon as this lockdown is lifted i'm gonna be looking to to get a few holidays booked in or something yeah like, yeah definitely no, i'd thoroughly recommend them i'm on the, um, i'm on the website now and it looks um it, look, it looks lit to be honest with you Oh yeah, and got, I don't know who does the photography. If it's just different people, but they've got a lot of good pictures on there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, we'll do, I think I'll probably do an Instagram post for it on on our, on our page like later mm-hmm, this week. For sure, yeah, would be a good idea to do. Yeah, but I would um, recommend them for some perspectives of other people of color that have been to places that you might be interested in going to. Essentially, okay, that's yeah, that's great. Well, guys, thanks again for listening to another episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, to normal housekeeping, you can follow us on Spotify. Uh, or on Google Podcast, that's Black Boy Joy Podcast. Also on Apple Podcast. If you are on Apple Podcast, we would ask if you would be so kind to leave us a review just to uh, see what you, say what you think of us. Um, our Instagram is at Black Boy Joy Podcast. Feel free to get in touch by direct message there. Uh, any feedback, any requests of what you want us to talk about, and um, what you liked, what you didn't like, who's doing your head in, uh, all uh, all feedback is uh, <laughs> is warmly welcomed. Essentially. Um, <laughs> so there, is there anything you want to say Ansley at all um, yeah, that's it yeah um, follow us like um, like uh, like follow us give us some feedback let us know what you think of us it'll be um, very well received whatever it is yeah we'll keep the content coming during these uh, lockdown times also hope you enjoy the show yeah uh, and yeah. until next time it's goodbye from me Kieran goodbye from me as well uh, take care Stay safe, wash your hands. Wash your hands. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, peace, everyone. Peace.